This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. From Futuro Media and PRX, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Today, Mexican-born NASCAR driver Daniel Suarez on his long race to making history. That's the sound of cars zooming around a racetrack in Sonoma, California last year. Daniel Suarez is focused. He's in car number 99. More than 30 other cars are racing with him. Daniel zooms past them all. He's raced many, many times before, but this time, oh, this time, he's about to make history. Daniel Suarez is going to be the toast of the town as he captures his first Daniel Suarez is a NASCAR Cup winner. Last June, Daniel became the first Mexican-born driver and only the second Latino to win a NASCAR Cup Series race. It's a big deal considering NASCAR has been around for more than 70 years and remains predominantly white. After his win in Sonoma, Daniel climbed out of the window of his car with a large flag. On it read, Win Numero Uno, with the colors of the Mexican flag, green, white, and red, in the background. He then jumped on top of his car very excitedly and waved the flag in celebration. Moments later, he was interviewed by Fox Sports on the track. I have so many thoughts in my head right now. I mean, it's, it's been a rough, though. It's been a, a rough journey in the Cup Series. And uh, these guys believe in me, everyone that helped me to, to get to this point, my family, you know, they never, they never give up on me. A lot of people did, but they didn't, so... I'm very happy that they were able to, to make it work. Daniel also addressed his fans, the so-called Daniel's Amigos in Spanish. Gracias, muchas gracias por todo apoyo. Siempre creyeron en mí desde el inicio y es la primera de muchas. This is the first one of many. Daniel, who is 31 years old, began his racing career in Monterrey, Mexico, and raced go-karts. Years later, he moved to the U.S. when he was 19. Eventually, Daniel would join a NASCAR diversity program that helps develop and train ethnically diverse and female drivers. The program helped propel his career. Daniel has gone from team to team throughout the years, but in 2021, he joined Trackhouse Racing. For next season, a new team takes its first steps into the history of the sport open to changing what NASCAR means for a new generation of fans. Because change either laps you, runs you into the wall, or defines the size of the dent you leave in the universe. This is Trackhouse. And one of the partners of the company is none other than Pitbull. 
Our producer, Reynaldo Leaños Jr., recently met up with Daniel Suarez in Concord, North Carolina, at Trackhouse headquarters to talk about breaking barriers in NASCAR and about the role his family played along the way. Here they are. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Good. Can you just explain, like, where are we at today? This is where the magic happens. This is where the real heroes live. You know, all my mechanics, my engineers, my crew chiefs, peak crew. If we want to be successful, we have to come here every single day and work very, very hard. And as Daniel says, there's a lot that goes into being successful in racing. And it's not just about how much effort you put into it. Car racing can also be a pretty expensive sport, which is why professional drivers need to work with sponsors. And in Daniel's case, he says that he couldn't be happier than to be a part of the Trackhouse racing team. Like the name says it, uh, this is my house. This is exactly what I was looking for. You know, I was looking for that team that believed in me, that team that allowed me to make adjustments in my team to make it better, and that team that, that really wanted me to be successful. Today... Daniel is wearing a white track house shirt with some black pants and athletic shoes. And a tiny white dog follows Daniel around. Oh my gosh, whose dog is that? That's so yeah, cute. It's, it's my girlfriend. <laughs> Your dog is so cute. Thank you. Hello. Let's go, Emma. Let's go. Come here. Go, 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 go. Daniel and I walk down a flight of stairs towards the first floor because he wants to show me something. So this is the young yard <laughs> race cars. These are just old cars that eventually they're going to go to some other divisions in, in NASCAR. And just up ahead, Daniel shows me more cars. There's dozens in the room. Right now, you know, there is cars everywhere. Uh, obviously, we haven't started to race yet, so everything is kind of like in the process of getting built. This is actually the car that I'm going to be driving in, in, in L.A., in Los Angeles. We're in this massive floor space that kind of looks like a big, shiny warehouse. There's lots of blue and white around the room, the colors of track house. And the car we're standing in front of looks like it's not done being built. The way you're seeing it right now, this is the chassis and the body. Right now, they're going to work in this, in the front suspension, the rear suspension, engine, transmission, and they start taking it from there. I'm not going to lie. I don't know a lot about cars or car terminology, but it's also fascinating to see and learn more about. Daniel then stops and points to glass window offices on the second floor above us. All these, all, all these that you see above here are the offices from the engineers, crew chiefs. Here is what we call the shop floor. This is where the action happens, where we put the cars together, but where the speed is made is up there. Those are the smart people. Daniel says there are a lot of people involved in the process. It's a tight-knit team. And in racing, it's the same thing. Like my crew chief, I mean, I track probably the same amount of time with my crew chief during the racing season than with my girlfriend. You know, you have to have good chemistry. You have to have good relationship and you have to be able to, to build because when you win, everyone is happy, right? But when you lose, what? That's when the real team and personal attitude and, and mentality start to show up. So it's very, very important just to, to go through those phases with somebody that, that you can go and work out through that process and get better. Daniel mentions his girlfriend, his fiance actually. They recently got engaged and she's with him today. My name is uh, Julia Pique. We've had like a lot of highs and lows and it's 
been quite a journey to be by his side and to see him day in, day out, work as hard as he has and really, really proud of him, of everything he's done, you know, and how dedicated he is and how much work he puts into his craft. And he's just every day just tries to be better. And it's phenomenal to be able to be by his side and to see that. If you wanted people to know like one thing about Daniel, you know, what, what would that one thing be? He's a jokester. You know, he and I think people see that. I mean, he always has a smile at his fa on his face at the racetrack, but he's he's like that behind the scenes, too. You know, he's just he's very funny. He's always messing with me. Sometimes he he like messes with me too much. I'm like, all right, take it down a notch. <laughs> but he's always in, in a good mood and we both uplift each other. But as Julia said, Daniel's journey in this sport has been anything but easy. It's come with a lot of sacrifices. Now, here's Daniel Suarez in his own words. Yeah, so most kids that are in racing, not all of them, but they come from some kind of racing background, right? Either father, uncle, grandfather, family member, a friend or something. For me, it wasn't the case. I didn't know anyone in racing. and. My family doesn't have any athletes. So my father has a restoration shop. So essentially he works on classic cars for a living. You know, his father, my grandpa, which is a very, very special person to me, he, he was a photographer. And then my father, when he was 15 years old, he got a classic car and then he started fixing it. And then when he was, I think, 18 years old, he asked my grandpa for a loan. He put that loan into a little auto parts store and then he got a, a restoration shop. So yeah, my father, he could have easily go into the direction of my grandpa and, and do something with the photography, but he didn't. He did something different and, and I feel like maybe that played a huge role on me. And since I was very little, you know, I got a huge passion for cars, old cars. And, uh, you know, I thought that at the time I was, I was going to be a mechanic one day. You know, I used to love working on engines, transmissions, suspensions, building my own little Beatles at the time. It was a lot of fun. So that's how I got in love with cars. My dad never had any pressure to me to do anything specific. I don't want to say he didn't care, but I think he was going with the flow. He was just trying to provide me with some opportunities. And when I was when I was very young, you know, I was only having a good time and uh, working at the shop and building cars, building engines, learning, and then going to racing. I think that in the very beginning, he never thought I was going to get to this point. This journey came with a lot of sacrifices because as, as you can imagine, my father doesn't have a lot of money from, from a restoration shop. You cannot be rich. Uh, so it requires a lot of money to, to be in this sport, especially in the beginning. And, uh, and my father sold his business, put a mortgage on my mom's house when I was around uh, 15. My dad just wanted to get me into the, into a NASCAR series in Mexico. That was the goal. And that's why he sold his business. The thing about racing is not like soccer, that you just need a ball and, and a flat space, dirt or whatever, and you can go play, you can go train. Racing, you need a lot of more things. You need a team, you need a car, you need fuel, you need tires, you need a racetrack. 
and all these things cost money. So, so you need sponsors or to have a family that can support those things. And for me, you know, I didn't have the family that can support those things. So we're looking for sponsors. You know, my entire life I've been looking for sponsors. And and sometimes I'm gonna give you an example. If a race was, you know, five thousand dollars, and my dad was finding three thousand dollars of sponsors. Guess who was paying the other two thousand dollars? You know, that's just one example of a hundred that I had through my career, and and you know, it keeps adding up. My dad deserves all the credit. With that being said, my mom as well, because my mom was supporting of my dad all these decisions. You know, I I have always said that if my my dad was not making a lot of money, but if he was making ten dollars, seven of those or six of those. We're going to me, and the other three, we're going to house, mom, two sisters, schools, food, everything else. So there, there were several years that I feel very bad because I, I was already 15 years old. So I, I understood what was going on. You know, I understood that my dad didn't have the, the means to do many things and he was still doing it. That was the time that when I say, you know what? Failure for me is not an option. I'm going to make this work, whatever it takes, and I'm going to be successful. And one day I'm going to be able to pay all this back to them, to my mom and my dad. And and that's exactly what I did. So I'm very, very thankful for them, you know, because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. And then I met a guy that was in racing and then he invited me to go wash. And and that was the beginning of, of everything. You know, I, I he invited me to jump into a go-kart one time and I was good. And and the rest of history. I was in the in the local racetrack in Monterrey, Mexico. In, in the, it's called Autoromo Monterrey. It's still there. Uh, a very, very, very good racetrack. Uh, and that's where I got started. But my father told me later on that he saw something special in me that maybe maybe most fathers say that say say those things, you know, on their kids because they love their kids. He told me, man, you were different. Like you, you were just so good. And it doesn't matter what, where or what you were driving, you were so fast. He, he used to tell me that all the time that, that I was just natural. It, it wasn't easy moving from, from Mexico to the United States. So for me to leave my family and my country, it was a big deal. I didn't speak English. So without English, without friends, without money, because at the time I was just starting to get into the into the big leagues in Mexico. It was almost like starting over again. So I knew that my family was in a very compromised position already, money-wise. So it was very difficult for me to ask to move from them. So in the beginning, I was living with friends of friends, and then, you know, I couldn't rent an apartment. You know, I remember being ashamed that I didn't speak English and being ashamed that I didn't have money and being ashamed that, that I was struggling. And right now, looking back, you know, I feel very so proud of have gone through those situations just because, you know, all my people, all the, you know, I mean, I, I, I would say that a very high percentage of immigrants that come to this country, they come exactly the same way that I came here. You know, just looking for an opportunity, just looking to be successful at something. And, and for me to be able to have made it work in, in a sport that nobody has ever done it before, it's very special. I mean, I'm the only Hispanic in the in the Cup Series, and I'm the only the only guy in the Cup Series that can speak Spanish to you. You know, right now I'm I'm, I'm the only Hispanic with with an Hispanic owner as well. 
when I came into the sport, I only wanted to win races and, and championships, and I really didn't care about anything else. And when people were, were talking to me about Hispanics in the sport, I always thought, ah, you know, I'm, I'm here now. So slowly they're going to start coming. And yeah, that was the case. But at the same time, I was like, man, you know what? If somebody's going to do something to make these people come to the racetrack, it has to be me. I mean, I'm the only one that can actually communicate with them and, and connect with them because we're the same, you know, we're, we, we come from the same place. You know, I created a program called Daniel's Amigos. I mean, we're just here to support Daniel, where he's from, his origin, and just to show Nazca that we got a lot of Mexicans behind him too. And it's been amazing. You know, we, we have brought thousands of Latinos to the racetrack and, and they have an amazing time and, and experience that they cannot buy. And they feel welcome. You know, they they bring matracas, they bring mariachis, they bring sombreros. That's very, very cool. And the, the whole purpose of this program is to make my people feel welcome. And not just that, but they also feel make me feel welcome because it's a, it's a two-way road. It's very important for me to make my people, the Latinos, feel like home in NASCAR. With that being said, I feel like NASCAR and the sport and everyone in the industry is heading in the right direction. It, it won't happen overnight. It won't happen in a couple of years. It's, it's going to take some time. But but I, I know for sure that I was the first Mexican to be able to win championships and win races here. But I know that by the time I leave, you know, I know I still have a long time, but by the time I leave, I'm going to see a, a chain of drivers coming from Mexico and Latin America. Uh, and I know that that's going to happen. The amount of things that we are capable of doing is unlimited. You know, we can do whatever we want, whatever we can imagine in our mind, we can do it. So for me, it's my job to let them know that. If I was able to come from a very humble family, I mean, borderline poor, to get here, to be successful, be one of the best, you know, Latinos athletes in the, in the sport of NASCAR, they can do it too doesn't matter if it's a different sport, if it's a different whatever. I mean, actually, I feel like NASCAR is, is a perfect example because it's a, I mean, 10 years ago, everyone used to see NASCAR as a very American sport and that is changing. So, you know, I, I think that that's one of my missions. You know, I feel like God gave me this gift to be successful and to be able to give back, but also to send this message to all my community and say, hey, if I was able to do it, you can do it too. Whatever that is that they're passionate about, go and execute. Daniel Suarez is scheduled to compete in 30 more races throughout the country this year, including several NASCAR Cup Series circuits beginning in April. This episode was produced by Reynaldo Leaños Jr. and edited by Andrea Lopez Cruzado. It was mixed by Gabriela Baez. The Latino USA team includes Marta Martinez, Daisy Contreras, Mike Sargent, Victoria Estrada, Patricia Zulbaran, and Julia Rocha with help from Raul Perez. Our editorial director is Fernanda Santos. Our director of engineering is Stephanie LeBeau. Our senior engineer is Julia Caruso. Our associate engineer is J.J. Carubin. Our marketing manager is Luis Luna. Our New York Women's Foundation fellow is Elizabeth Lowenthal-Torres. Our theme music was composed by Zenia Ruinos. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. In the meantime, look for us on social media. And remember, no te vayas. Ciao.
Latino USA is made possible in part by the Mellon Foundation, the Ford Foundation, working with visionaries on the front lines of social change worldwide, and the Heising Simons Foundation, unlocking knowledge, opportunity, and possibilities. More at hsfoundation.org.